0: Hi, I'm Jason from Georgia. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, I'm Jesse Thorne, and this is The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. Recently, we visited the Bumbershoot Music and Arts Festival in Seattle, Washington. Part of our programming was comedy performances, and that's what this podcast is all about. Later on in the show, we'll hear from Greg Barron and also hear a little mini-interview with Greg Barron. But first, one of my favorite stand-up comedians in the Los Angeles area. You might know her as Officer Tig on the Sarah Silverman program, Tig Notaro. For those of you listening at home, it might help if I noted that Tig spent the first five minutes or so of her performance moving her microphone stand around the stage and audience while offering a run commentary on its location.
1: Thank you. How are you? Good. Um, so... Um, Gosh, one of my favorite things about doing stand-up is when comedians will take the mic out of the mic stand. and like, move the mic stand over, you know? And, like, some comedians will, like, even move it further out of the way. It's like, um, where are you headed? Where does this go? Got to get this out of the way. I couldn't possibly do my show with a mic stand on the stage. Yeah, if we could get the house lights on, I really gotta get this out of my way. If you've ever seen me perform, my comedy's pretty gigantic. And in your face, can you put that on your lap? You know what, put it in your mother's lap. (laughs) Just get that out of my way. Cause I'm about to go crazy up here. I've now started going crazy. How am I gonna get back up on the stage? I guess like this. (sighs) I love being in a relationship. I do. I love the first question in the morning. How'd you sleep? How'd you sleep last night? I don't know, I mean... I guess like this. (laughs) I just remembered we're we're on the radio. (laughs) So for... I was gonna say the viewers at home Please stop looking at your radio. (laughs) Turn it on. Now, let me explain to the people listening at home what just happened. (sighs) I'm low energy, people at home. And um, I moved my mic stand out into the audience just a little while ago. I put it on a little boy's lap had him put it on his mom's lap. She blatantly disregarded what I said and then she moved it to the right of her, which is irritating. (laughs) The crowd just laughed. Then I went into a joke where I was talking about being in a relationship and uh, don't roll your eyes at me, front row. I'll keep doing this. What if I was like, oh, I think somebody just walked into the kitchen. I need to start over. (laughs) Basically what happened was I had done something that explained it, and now you just walked into the kitchen, so I have to explain again. Um, No, in my sleeping joke, people at home, I put my head on my hands like this. Great, you didn't see that either. This is a mess. Ma'am, could you bring me my mic stand? (laughs) Now. What is the whole... I have seven minutes left. (laughs) Give it to your son. Give it to your husband. Are you married to that man? Is that a man? (laughs) Where would I like it? That man just grunted. <laughs> Thanks, that's perfect. For those of you at home listening, that woman I had talked about earlier just brought the mic stand up to the stage, put it in a direction where I'm now facing the back of the stage. <sighs> anyway. I... um. I live in Los Angeles. And um, thank you for your support. (laughs) Do I need a ride home? Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, I apologize for the view you're getting of me right now. Anyway, I, I was walking through my neighborhood. I was walking down the sidewalk, past this guy, and right when we were passing each other, he said to me, like right when we were passing each other, he said, Ah! Them little titties! I thought you was a man. And it's like, okay. Okay if you think that. And okay if you say that to yourself. But that thought had to go through several layers of filters in his mind and a checklist. And he still decided, yeah, I'm gonna need to say this. (laughs) Like think of all the things he decided not to say. (laughs) Things like, good afternoon or, oh, I was gonna say something, but I decided not to. <laughs> nope, he went with, ah, them a little titties. I thought you was a man. all of my friends are having kids every single one of them I love getting the email updates of what's been going on all the photos I do love getting those what I can't stand is when they include can you believe it (laughs) Caitlin is starting kindergarten can you believe it I don't know, what is she, about five? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I can believe it. Like if they contacted me and they were like, so Caitlin has not grown any taller since the day she was born. Never spoken a word in her life. She's graduating from college today. Can you believe it? You're like, oh my God, no. I can't believe it. Send more photos. No, more photos. Uh, Do you guys like impressions? I have some horrible ones. Actually, this is my, uh, oh, did somebody, is there a crazy person here? (laughs) Am I about to get shot? Whoa, what's happening? Well, what is happening? Where are you? You don't know where you are. Do you know what you're saying? I feel like somebody was like having night terrors. (laughs) (laughs) Like he fell asleep at an earlier show and he's like, mommy. Um, where's my mommy? <clears throat> oh, sorry, bumbershoot. <laughs> Was there something you were saying that. Oh, um, you're not going to get one. <laughs> Shoot, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, gosh. No, I do three um, sound effects. And. Um, my, um, my friend, I think she just said, that's so dumb. <laughs> you have no idea. So uh, my first one is uh, a spring. A spring. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is a curtain opening. Curtain opening. Third one is a clown horn. Clown horn. <laughs> My name is Tig and I'm I'm finished here. Thank you so much. Bye bye.
0: You can find Tig Notaro online at Tignation.com and catch her Thursday nights on Comedy Central, on the Sarah Silverman Program. When we come back in just a minute, Greg Barron production of the sound of young america is
1: supported in part by ask metafilter thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com
0: read in the maximum fund forums at maximumfund.org forum whatever you think of the show i hope you'll head over to the forum and share your thoughts and of course the forum is much more than just talking about the shows most of the discussion is about well other stuff Anyway, I hope we'll see you online at slash forum. I'm Jesse Thorne. It's the sound of young America. Let's get back to Seattle and Bumbershoot Shoot with Greg Barrett.
2: Hello. That was Ben, my mic ballet. And uh, we go in places together, and he brings the mic. And we'll just set up and we'll do our thing. How are you? Suddenly, I've assumed a public radio voice, so I'm going to be going back from the microphone and just talking a little bit more like this. Anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna do my entire standup back that way. I was in the airport uh, <laughs> earlier this week, and it was uh, my flight had been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> my flight uh, it did get canceled at the airport, and uh, people get very disappointed when their flights are canceled. They get very upset. I don't really understand that logic. I'm a little bit more zen. Uh, I don't want to fly on your fucking plane. You don't want to (laughs) fly. Okay. You don't want to fly it. I don't want to get on it. All right. Buddy Holly, I don't want to get on your fucking Glenn Miller and fly to your Roberto Clemente. I'm not all Thurman Munson about it. I'm going to stay put. I'm not going to argue with you about the idea. But what upset me was there was a guy that was very upset and he was yelling at the woman behind the counter and he was very harsh with her and he was misusing the English language. He was, ridiculous is what he screamed at this woman. This is ridiculous, you know, which is not the meaning of the word. Uh, the ridiculous means unreasonable. And uh, certainly there's a reason that we're not flying. Uh, <laughs> dick. And um, <laughs> But he just kept saying it louder and ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You know, and I wanted to go, dude, it's not ridiculous. If you got on the airplane and an elephant was flying it, that's ridiculous. Cause where did he get the outfit? How's he gonna fly with those round hands? He's locked himself in the cabin. He's eating all the peanuts. Of course he has. That's why he took the job. <laughs> I don't know who's having that fight, but I'd like to be there for it. So um, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. I, uh, I am, in fact, the author of uh, some relationship books, Harry Potter, and the Da Vinci Code, and, and, and they've, they've, done, they've done quite well in the subterfuge and. I get asked a lot about how to get in relationships. I wrote two books. He's just not that into you, and it's called The it Because It's Broken. And people are like, "How do I get in a relationship?" I'm like, "I don't know. I wrote two books about getting out." Um, <laughs> well, I've been married for a while, and I'm uh, eight years, and uh, with my wife for 11. And I like my marriage, and I think if it works at all, and I'm not saying that it does, it's because I get to be myself in the relationship. You know, I don't have to be a different person, which I think is a mistake. Um, you know, my wife's never asked for changes, and she should. Uh, <laughs> Because I'm anal and forgetful, which means that I like my shit where I like it, and I don't know where, where the fuck it is. <laughs> I'm mostly sure it's your fault. And um, I've asked, I've been, I've been, I've had to answer some very difficult questions in my relationship. Um, Why, Greg? She loud, my wife sometimes. Why is there a burrito in the baby's crib? Uh, this is a true story, true question, a fact, and. Uh, while that is an excellent question, you cannot argue. Uh, all I could think at the time was, oh God, don't let there be a baby in the microwave because <laughs> there goes everything. <laughs> you know, that's, I'm not going back on Oprah. Uh, but uh, when, uh, um, uh, and, and also one of the things that's okay in my marriage is it's okay for uh, me to think that other uh, women are attractive and, uh, and it's okay for her to think, you know, it's okay to think because uh, in fact they are. Uh, and when I'm not with my wife, I'm allowed to make a sound. Uh, you know, just you know, it's it's one of you know when you see it sometimes in guys, he you knows it's true. You see a girl every once in a while, you literally have to go, oh God, and then you then you let it out. Then it's gone. You don't you don't stuff it down here and then end up like David Duchovny. And, and that's does that seem fair? Uh, does that seem fair? That seems judgmental on my part. Where do I get off? He has his show. But I'm going to tell a story. So, uh, and of course, and then, and and to that end, I let my wife have her own private life, and that's why I let her watch uh, uh, t- tennis, men's tennis, alone. <laughs> we're not even in the same city for the U.S. Open. The, um, but when we were first married, we played a game, and I do not recommend the game. Now, the game is called Free Pass. Uh, do you know the game? It basically works like this: you say to your person, "Well, we're married, and we're going to spend the rest of our time together until we turn to dust." Um, but if you had a free pass, who would you, you know? Oh, Steve the gardener. No, no. Why did you fuck? Why did you say that? Not real people. Shit. He comes to the house. Fake people, celebrities. So this is like eight years ago. So I say J Lo, right? J Lo, I like The Thick, and uh, and she says um, uh, uh, George Clooney. Which to me is standard issue. George Clooney. eh, I get it. Fair enough. Not that creative, but whatever. (laughs) And I'm not judging her and life moves on. So, you know, it's eight years ago. So about a year and a half ago, she comes up to me and she says, I have a new free pass. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know we were still playing. (laughs) So I said, well, who's that? Now, do you guys watch The The Office? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she says, I like the guy from The Office, John Krasinski, the guy that plays Jim. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Seems like a downgrade from Clooney. Seems like you're taking it down a notch from a 10 to an 8, but you do your thing. Hell, go down to fucking 2, pick Dustin Diamond, I don't care. So, again, not fair. Um, Anyway, I forget about it. Life moves on. So about, um, like, two months later, I'm in New York City. I'm at the Soho Grand Hotel. I'm doing some stand-up out there, and I go to the uh, hotel gym to work out before the show, as is my want. And I walk into the gym, and who's there? Who greets me there? But my fucking nemesis, John Krasinski, is in the... Oh, there he is. Now he's real. Now he's a person. Now he's a fact. All right, and you know what, in person, handsome. Like, that's a good looking dude, pretty impressive. You know, young, like 15 years younger than me, like tiny pores, right, and tall, and tall, not TV tall, like 640, like real tall, actual basketball, handsome, and he's on the treadmill and he's running like a goddamn gazelle, just boom, 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 right? I mean, I wanna have sex with him, but it's impressive. So I get on the only other treadmill available to me, which is the one next to his. Now, when I run, I run at about five miles an hour. All right. So I get on my treadmill and I'm like, and I look over at John and John is running at eight miles an hour. And all I can think is (laughs) you're not having sex with my wife. (laughs) So I put mine up to eight, which is faster than I can run. (laughs) That is faster than I have ever run. That's faster than I could run if I was on fire. Right, but I figure he was running when I came in. How long is he gonna go, for 20 minutes? I, you know, I'm not a pussy, I played rugby in college, so oh, fuck, oh, but it's hard, it's hard, right? So we're going, well, we get to 20 minutes and the gazelle shows no signs of stopping. <laughs> 25, 30, 35, 40, he runs for 45 minutes. Now, at 45 minutes, I'm alternately grabbing onto the handrail while my legs shoot out. <laughs> like I can't even show you what I was doing because I was doing it. Let's just put it this way, I was just trying to live. So John gets off the treadmill, right? I stay on for a few minutes to let him know I'm not a pussy. Then I get off the treadmill and I can't, I can't, I cannot see. There's no air in my body. So it's just spots. It's like someone's been taking photos of me for an hour. Right? Can't feel my feet. I'm so wet. I'm so wet. I'm not sure I haven't pissed, right? Shaky, purple. But I did it. I ran for 45 minutes at 8 miles an hour against a guy 15 years my junior. Now all I have to do is go to my hotel room, right? All I have to do is go to my hotel room, throw up, and go to my (laughs) shell. Hand to God, this is a true story. John starts lifting weights. (laughs) And all I can think is, (laughs) you're not fucking my wife. So I decide, oh well, I forgot, radio. You're not having sex with my wife. So I decide that I too will be lifting weights. But here's what I'm going to do. I'll do some flies, so at least that way I can lay down. So I go over to the bench, which is up against the weights, which is right against the mirror. And I grab from the top row of dumbbells. Now, generally, the top row is like 5 to 40. I grab in the middle, grab some 20s. I lay down and put the weights up at the same time. And as my head hits the bench, I realize that I've misread them in the mirror in their 50s. And I tear my tits (laughs) off of my chest plate. My nipples go back by my shoulder blades and my sternum makes a cracking sound. But you can't hear that because when my fist hit the floor it sounds not unlike a cannon. Boom! And that sound scares John. And so he looks at me and I see him see me and I don't want him to think that that's not what i meant to do. So to sell it I go, yeah! Yeah, 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 you got it, buddy. So now he's looking at me, so I have to get up one, right? So with all the strength that I have left, with every fiber of who I am as a man, I go, whoosh, and I get to right here. And I don't know if I jarred something loose when I was running, or because most mornings I prefer a bran or flax, Cereal, sometimes a muffin with raisins. But there's a sudden violent, yeah, yes, violent shift in my gut and in my bowels and in my intestine, and everything goes. And I'm going to, I'm not going to, I am. There's one in the chamber. Bing. We're ready to go. We're ready. We'll fire when ready, sir. Boop, you have mail. I'm ready. If I finish, if I finish, if I finish, I will fill my Abercrombie and Fitch fake number six for a team I never played for. Cut off maroon shorts with my own excrement. I'm going to poop in my pants. I'm having an existential crisis, a fight with a TV actor, and he doesn't know about it. I'm going to poop in my pants. But all I can think is you know what, dude? Go ahead and fuck my wife. Thanks.
0: Greg Barrett live on stage at Bumbershoot on the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. Greg was kind enough to sit down with us and before we got to the interview, he was thoughtful enough to provide a few punch-ins for the radio version of our show. Thanks. I'm
2: sorry. I could say why don't I give you a clean one? Go ahead and have sex with my wife. And now let's try it. You need a clean. Let's just do that. Ready? I'll say go ahead and have sex with my wife and then you guys erupt as though you've never heard anything. So amazing in your life and then we'll have a clean edit for the radio show also it's
0: important to note that for their sake have sex with is really punchy yeah it is it's (laughs) really really is what you want to say except it's not at all
2: because it's not the word you want to use so i'll say it. you ready and all i can think is you know what dude go ahead and have sex with my wife greg
0: barrett Wow, Greg thank you. That's, no,
2: that's too You're too kind. That
0: is just too nice. Thank if you so only, much. If only all comedy shows were like that. Right? Yeah, where it was just a dialogue between you and the audience where you explained what reaction you desired. <laughs> you know, you really can. You don't have
2: to. I, I mean, I think you should just break down that wall and go, you know what, it was a lot funnier than that. I'm going to have you go back and do it <laughs> again because I'm quite sure when I wrote it, I know it was hilarious. Uh, stop tape. Let's roll it back. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it again. It's, I think that from now on I'm going to do my act as though I'm shooting... A special, and I'm just going to stop and do 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 retakes and edits, and yeah, yeah
0: I'm absolutely. just going to edit on the
2: fly, no, and then great. talk to a director that isn't.
0: There. And nobody knows. There's no cameras. Nobody knows if it's not an audio recording. You yeah. know, there's no way for them. They don't have any window into that reality. They
2: don't. You know, it's interesting. When you're in a band, you can blame the sound guy when things aren't going well. You know what I mean? Like you're playing, you can just do that. I'm not. I can't. You can't.
0: I'm, not get, I'm right?
2: sorry. Yeah, I, it, right? is a guitar. Yeah, like when it's when you're bad you just go well, I'm going to blame the guy that's over there. But when you're that we don't have no. you can't do that in comedies. I need can we can, can we not punch just, can we just not I'm put sorry. some more punchline in there? No, not at all. Can you I can't have more comedy in my monitor, is that
0: right? Okay, well fine. I'm not hearing the reaction as well as I'd like to. No. I'm getting nothing. I got nothing up here. Uh, Greg, I want to ask you this cuz the last time you were on the Sound of Young America, in fact, the first time you were booked on The Sound of Young America, I, as I recall, you had to cancel at the last minute and had the greatest excuse ever, which is you had to fly to Chicago to be on Oprah. Um, uh, yeah. The, the last time you were on The Sound of Young America, you were deep, you were deep into this uh, Greg Barrett celebrity uh, relationship <laughs> guru right. boom. Right, uh, you remember that the great Greg Barron yeah. celebrity relationship guru, I, boom I, I of 'ot six. I do remember that, and now I'm
2: in phase three. Are you Ty Pennington? So yeah. I have. It was like a. It's a. The, I, it's a
0: on the backside of it now. It now. was. It was before you. It was before they gave you your own syndicated daytime television program. Yeah. Now, if I had yeah. seen if and I was familiar with your great stand-up comedy work, that's why I booked you on the show the first time, and uh, I wouldn't have looked at that act and thought. I know. Syndicated daytime talk show. So what well, I was... I think America felt the same way. Um... <laughs> did you, like, have a... Night? What was it? what was that experience like? like? Did you just get sucked
2: into it, or...? Well, you know, it was interesting, because when I was on Oprah, um, uh, and I hadn't... Um, I mean, I knew who she was, but I hadn't seen the... Sh- I honestly hadn't seen the show. It wasn't that I... Literally? I wasn't against it. I mean, I glanced by it, but I don't... Daytime television makes me sad, and uh, that's why I got in it. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I hadn't seen it and I didn't realize really what it was all about and I went on the show and it was so fun being on the show because all I did was people go, well, my boyfriend won't call me. He doesn't like you. Hilarious laughter. <laughs> and people seemed like it. And I just thought, well, that's a fun job. That seems like fun. <laughs> you know, you just tell people things honestly and, you, and, and you're and you kind, but you can be funny about it. And I just assumed that's what it was going to be. And then, you know, cut to a couple of months later, you're sitting there with a bulimic and a guy that watches too much porn and I'm like, ah, uh, <laughs> uh, you eat something and you knock it off. I knew- I, you know, I... I I I just assumed it was gonna be something you know, and everybody tells you you gotta do this, you gotta do this, and the, and then eventually you think well maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. But then when I got there I found it uh uh
0: depressing. Were there people there who had a comprehensive vision for this operation? Absolutely not. And
2: and I was <laughs> and I was with them. Uh I was one of them. Um uh yeah, it was just one of those things where, um, and you will you'll you get these moments in show business where everyone goes, yeah, it'll be great. You'll just do your thing. I'm, I'm sorry? <laughs> you'll just do your thing. We'll get a set, and you'll do your thing, and people will come on, and you'll tell them this, and then we'll go to break. And you just don't think it out. And one of the things that I really didn't like in, uh, is that um, the people on the show that come on the show, they're real, and their problems are real. Uh, and they've not thought to seek actual therapy beforehand. TV was their first uh <laughs> Uh, and not, I wish I was kidding. I'd be like, "Have you?" Taught? And I said it on the show a lot. I'd be like, "Have you seen a therapist?" No, really, because these are cameras, and now everyone knows you want to dress up like a girl, which is fine, sir. But I, uh, you know, if you it just seems don't like seem you should, comfortable like the, with I, it. I didn't like it, and I didn't like. Um, if, I, if you put something in print, people can look at it and they can take what you need and leave the rest. They can decide whether they could like or not. But I'm not standing on point telling people how to live their lives, and I just didn't enjoy. I mean. Really, I'm, I just didn't enjoy telling people what to do. Were
0: there life. things? Were there expectations of you that you thought people that, that you found people having that you were completely flummoxed by or unable to fulfill?
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, there were people that actually thought I was a doctor, and uh, um, uh, which you are, but it's a doctor of philosophy and a doctor of love,
0: um, <laughs> uh, you know.
2: Uh, and I genuinely love people. And what I thought was, what, I, what, what the thing about it is, is you don't get to go straight to Oprah, like. Oprah worked for a long time, and as you recall, uh, uh, um, uh, and what my friends would tell me, is that her show used to be pretty trashy, and then it just got better and better and better. And what what, what happens along the way is she makes, what she does is reappropriates TV money to change people's lives. That's beautiful. Because she makes money, and then she gives that money. And it's a machine that actually does help people. But when you make, uh, when you're in your first season, you get $12 to make a show, you can't help anyone. You know, you're like, well, here's some coupons for some food, and hopefully that'll work out for you. Sorry. (laughs) About your uh, sexual addiction, we'll be right back. The home version of the show. Yeah, I mean it really was um, 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 bizarre, but fun at the same time. And I enjoyed being on TV. And there were moments where we got things right. And in the last couple episodes, when we would put like people dressed in bear costumes just randomly in the audience, and where somebody would come on who wasn't an actual doctor and with real doctors, and we started to play around with it. But at that point, nobody was watching, including me. While I was there, I wouldn't even. I would
0: do the show with my eyes shut. Not even bear costume enthusiasts were watching at that point yeah so it was an interesting audience.
2: thing, and it was sort of like to you know just to follow whatever I, you know I just go through the doors that are open you know i can 't decide how my career completely is going to be. Those are the doors that were open. nobody else was going to put me on television and I thought, well, if I go on television, people will come see me do stand up so
0: is it, it it did it work is your is your stand up still are you do people who come to see your stand up because they're you 're a celebrity of weird daytime television programs and relationship books you know mm-hmm. you, since you since you 've written several pink books at this point. Yeah.
2: Um, are, are those people... They're pink. Sometimes, with well, the baby blue. Um, yeah. Like Cerulean. Yeah. Um, a mauve. They do... You know what's funny? I mean, hopefully... I mean, the books were funny. I mean, the book originally... He's Just Not That indie was supposed to be a, a go in the humor section. It wasn't even intended for um, self-help, you know, because it was meant to be funny. And I wrote on Sex in the City, which was a, you know... Also time. meant to be yeah. funny. Also... See,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you said it, and I didn't. Uh, let the record state that Greg had a nice long drink of water.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't disagree with you there. I, um, um, uh, but anyway, yes, they come onto to the show. Generally, they like it. A lot of people know that I've been doing it. I've been doing it now solid for the, next, for the last uh, two and a half years, and I'm shooting a special for Comedy Central, and and that's the main focus of my career now, and what I'll you know continue to do. Whether people you know are down with it or not, it's going to be up to them. But uh, but that's uh, that was always my goal. And uh, I think you know any of the great comics that you know, uh, any of the people that have become famous, and the people that are here, you know, uh, the Pat Oswalds and the David Crosses and all that. Most of them wanted to get on TV so that when they went to do stand-up, people would show up. And that really is the truth. And if you love doing it, I've been doing it for 19 years. That's all re- all you really want to do. Oh great! I front of an instrumental punk and ska band. <laughs>
0: Well, Greg, I don't know about these people, but I'm down. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am. Greg Barrent is a stand-up comedian and the co-author of two books, including De Verdad Esta Tan Loco Por Ti. You can find him online at gregbarent, B-E-H-R-E-N-D-T, dot com. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart, the show produced by Speaking Into Microphones, our theme music written and performed by Dan Grayson with help from myself, interstitial music provided by Dan Wally. The intern's Casey O'Brien. This show was edited and produced by Nick White in Chicago. Well, actually, he was in Seattle when he was doing the producing, in Chicago when he was doing the editing. Anyway, you can find us online at MaximumFun.org, and you can always email me directly, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at MaximumFun.org. Remember also that the show is supported by your donations, so if you like the show, donate and support it. Visit MaximumFun.org and look for the donation button in the upper right-hand corner. We'll see you next time on the Sound of Young America.